Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're very happy to welcome in Tim Kalashaw. He joins the show on the Bud Light guest line. Bud Light, easy to drink, easy to enjoy, as is Tim Kalashaw. Still in the Dallas Morning News, still a regular panist, panelist on ESPN's Around the Horn, and still someone who actually had to sit next to Ratto back in the days of typewriters and such when he was with the Merck and Ray was with the Chronicle. And uh, what, you used to have to jostle for position around which, which, which Giants managers? Was it Frank Robinson back in the day? No, no, it was no. Roger Craig. I Roger was Craig. Only there for I was only there for uh, Roger Craig, but it was it was a cozy, it was a cozy little press box with candlestick. It certainly was. Well, any room that Ray is in, by definition, gets cozier. That's just the way it is. It gets warmer, gets fuzzier. True. He's the same guy that you remember. Still the same big ball of just just hugs and kisses for everyone. Loves everything. Loves everything and everybody. Okay, I think we're done with this guy. <laughs> it is. Uh, it's good to have you on, Tim. Thanks so much. Let's just start with the skinny of Dak Prescott, who to me was playing this year sort of backwards. Right? He started well, got hurt, came back in, and then it looked like you know the best of his year might have been behind him. Right until last night, when did Dak just play the best game he's ever played in the NFL? Well, he played the best big game he's ever played in the NFL, and it was probably his best game. I mean, he used to throw for 400 yards almost routinely when they had three good receivers. But this year, things had gone off the rails, and uh, this came from out of nowhere. Yeah, I mean, you saw the first series of the game. They punted 13 seconds into the game. That had to be an NFL record to get three incompletions that quickly. And uh, it was not a great start, but after that, almost everything he did was right. And uh, somehow they turned the clock back to two months ago when they beat Minnesota 40-3. to That team hadn't really been seen since then, but, but Dak and uh, all of them showed up last night. Uh, what, after 18 games now, can you say without fail, other than Micah Parsons, that they do really well every week. What's the best part of what they do, and what's the thing that has to worry the 49ers the most? Uh, well, that's it's an interesting question to pose it that way because they had had breakdowns in really everything, every way you measure a team. The running game has still gone to pot, and it was okay last night. Zeke's half dead, but Pollard's pretty good and looks better last night. The passing game obviously was tremendous last night, but that hasn't been 
that hasn't been the case week after week, but they're mostly good against good teams. I, you know, I think I, I think they did a lot of sleepwalking against Houston and and Indianapolis and and then Washington, and that's not really excusable. But I, they knew where they were going, and they knew they weren't really realistically weren't going to catch the Eagles. Um, they rushed the passer well, as you said, Parsons, every week. Now some teams make that somewhat irrelevant by by uh, running the hell out of the ball, and that's something the 49ers will try to do and can do, and it's something Tampa Bay can't even come close to doing, and and that made a miserable night for Brady. But other than the pass rush, that's the only thing they do consistently well, because, I mean, they gave up 355 yards passing to Gardner Minshew, so they, they can be picked apart while they're while they're trying to get after the passer. Tim Kalishaw here on Damon and Ratto. So, you know, Dallas last night basically knew that Tampa wasn't even going to try to run the ball, so they just played like too deep all night long, everything underneath fine, nothing up top, and we should be good. And they left a, you know, an, a light box up front. If you want to talk about how you cannot play against the 49ers, it would be just that. If, if you're going to leave a light box, well, Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel and Elijah Mitchell are going to go run for 220 yards at the very least on Sunday. Who knows what else happens in the game, but I can guarantee you a huge rushing day against the Dallas Cowboys if that's the way they're going to play. So how much, when they have a serious run-first problem, can they meet that problem straight ahead? Well, that's a good question because most times they did not meet that problem. And even Tampa Bay, Leonard Fournette's only 100-yard game this year was was against Dallas in week one. So I think Tampa Bay hoped they could still run the ball a little, and they found out quickly they couldn't. Uh, obviously, San Francisco can. Clearly, that's going to be a different defense and, and a lot more single coverage on receivers to try to deal with to deal with that running game. And, you know, I, I don't think it's a great matchup for Dallas by any means. I think I think San Francisco is a little better team than they are. They're certainly a hotter team the way they've been playing. But I think they have to make, you know, Brock Purdy. It, it seems like if you can shut down Tom Brady, you ought to be able to do something to Brock Purdy. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe, the, maybe he's the, the greatest Cyclone quarterback of all time, and I've missed the boat here. But they need to rattle him. They need to get him to turn the ball over once or twice or they're in big trouble. Mike McCarthy has always been sort of a figure of fun, even when he was winning a Super Bowl in Green Bay. <laughs> Define fun. Well, someone you laugh at. <laughs> okay, that kind of fun. All right. Yeah. Um, Just making sure. Yeah. Uh, is he really that bad a coach? Or are there things that he could actually do on Sunday that would confuse Kyle Shanahan? Or does it make any difference what the coaches do? Uh, we probably overstate that all the time, as you know, and you've talked about and, and written about. Um, you know, he looked like a terrible coach when he got here. And he brought in a name you're familiar with, Mike Nolan, as his defensive coordinator. And, and that was just a disaster. And and so they had to fix things for him, and they brought in Dan Quinn, and Dan Quinn is, is has been really good as a coordinator. Um, offensively, it's hard to tell how much McCarthy really does with Kellen Moore and people. I think he he's got the kind of personality that makes it very easy to assume he's doing nothing. I don't think that's the case. I think I think the players uh, respect him, and and I think. Um, I think he gets a lot out of this team. I think the talent on this team is sometimes 
overstated a little bit. I don't know that they'll do anything to surprise San Francisco. They'll they'll you know they led the league in, in takeaways. They're not as good defensively as, as the 49ers, but they do occasionally make in in the midst of playing average, they'll come up with two or three surprise interceptions, and and that's. I mean that's not a game plan. That's just something that happens, and and, and the way they the way they cover guys, and, and you know it's kind of on digs and, and the secondary to, to make that happen to give them a chance. Tim Kalishaw covers Dallas sports better than anyone. Joining us here on ninety five seven, the game really? are the <laughs> is the demise of Ezekiel Elliott exaggerated or actually? something to report here is he that much less of a player or are we just watching tony pollard emerge as that much more of a player well i mean if it's exaggerated i've been writing a lot of columns that that make no sense at all because i mean it's been clear for two or three years and in every conceivable way you can look at numbers simply or with with more of a, a microscope pollard is is a much better runner um they keep Zeke around. They like Zeke. Players like Zeke. But there's nothing worse than a first and ten handoff to Zeke. When you've got CeeDee Lamb and you've got Schultz and you've got Pollard and people to do things and, and to settle on a two or three yard run by Zeke. And, and Kellen Moore loves to do it like four times a game, even even when they need you know to change the momentum a little bit. So I don't think it's a shock. He's played seven years. They used the hell out of him. His first three or four years, um, so he averaged 3.9 yards a, a carry this year. He doesn't have any any kind of burst to get away from anybody. Pollard does, and Pollard uh, needs to have 20 carries or 20 touches, whatever you want to give him, uh, for this team to, to try to do something someday. Put a percentage on it for me. What are the chances of the Cowboys rolling into Levi Stadium with a new kicker? <laughs> I think it's zero. I mean, and uh, uh, I, I just don't think they're inclined to make a change. I know, I mean, there's, there's nothing, well, it was historic. I mean, nobody has ever missed four in a row. And it was really five because he missed their only extra point in Washington the previous week. So a guy who routinely makes 55-yard field goals uh, lost his way. I can't think of. There can't be a more historical bad matchup than what is Robbie Gold's Robbie Gold's status? Uh, he is a perfect twenty-five playoff field goal. Yeah, perfect twenty-five of twenty-five on field goals and thirty-eight of thirty-eight on points after touchdown in his <laughs> postseason career. And the other guy just missed four extra points. So if it comes down to kicking, uh, Dallas is in trouble once again. They were going to have to. Uh, I would suspect after one miss, they will go for two the rest of the day. I don't think they'll keep trotting him out there like they did last night, but I don't think they'll change. I think they they think that would be even, you know, you bring in somebody off the streets and he misses two field goals, and I think that might look even worse. But it's, it's, a, it's a terrible problem to have. Uh, okay, without saying the word multiple turnovers, the phrase multiple turnovers, what's Dallas's best chance to win on Sunday? Uh, the best chance is that I mean, Dak is honestly a better quarterback than Brock Purdy. That has to be true. Um, I know Brock's 6-0, and but uh, I don't know that Dallas defense, again, you know, their pass rush is really good. Some of the other parts of the defense are hit and miss. 
but Dak was 25 to 33. If you think about the first half of the Seattle game, and all of a sudden it's tied, and, and Geno Smith is making plays. Well, Dak can make any plays that Geno Smith can make, so, I mean, I would like to think that. Um, so, I mean, Dak has to have uh, probably a 300-yard game. I don't think the Cowboys will run consistently. I think Pollard will have a couple decent runs, but against the 49ers, they're not going to do anything consistently. But I think they will try to make more plays down the field. And whether it's making plays against Ward or whatever, they will they will try to open things up, and that's probably how they're going to have to do it and get, I'd say, two interceptions or two turnovers from the 49er offense. Uh, the last meeting, Tim, between these two was a wild card win at Jerry World last postseason for the 49ers with Dak famously scrambling up the middle and the clock running out on the Cowboys season. Besides Amari Cooper's departure, what is actually the biggest difference between this team and the one that the Niners beat last year? I would say the difference is that lineman who wouldn't get his ass out of the way uh, on that snap probably <laughs> won't be at the game. Line judge, sorry, not lineman. Uh, whoever he was that was slow to get out of the way. Yeah, it was his fault. It was definitely his fault. That was a great play. <laughs> he, <laughs> he was in the way a little too long. It was poorly run by the Cowboys, but that guy's is supposed to get his ass through there a little quicker. What if I um, told you he had a free bowl of Chapino waiting for him at Tadish for the rest of his life? Was there yeah, a conspiracy now? I'm sure he did. And a big <laughs> loaf of sourdough bread. Um, I would say uh, they're just... Uh, Pollard's a better player than he was a year ago. Their offensive line is better this year. Tyler Smith is actually very good for a rookie. And last night, the offensive line, I think, showed it. Uh, Dak had all day to, to throw... So if they can hold off uh, Bosa and that pass rush a little bit, that gives them a chance. But they're they're a better they're a better overall offensive line, and they're they're more consistent with the the pressure they get on quarterbacks. Even even when they don't get sacks, I think they finished third in sacks. But they they slowed down in sacks at the end of the year. They still got a lot of pressure, so they're better up front in both areas. But they're only marginally a better team. And to me, the 49ers look like they're maybe significantly better because of McCaffrey and the, the healthy people they have around this time. If the 49ers win this game, how quickly will the talking point in Dallas be? Well, they had more time to prepare. The Cowboys were at a competitive disadvantage based on a Saturday game against a Monday night game. I've already made that point for tomorrow, and I don't usually homer it up, but it is absurd. Like last year, okay, the Rams and Arizona played the Monday night game. So they, the two Saturday games were AFC, which is what you got to do. You can't you can't set it up where let's put this team in the first game Saturday, and with only one minor upset, Giants over Vikings, they're going to be playing the the team playing Monday night and have to travel. It, it's 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 just it's one of those things the Cowboys can't really complain about because you got to go play the game. But it's kind of silly that there's an easy fix to keep from teams having a a two and a half day disadvantage and the league either didn't think about it or doesn't care. Now having said that, the Cowboys get a tremendous advantage every season and as I pointed out, they have never once played a Thursday night game um, you know, on the road after 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 playing on Sunday. They've never done that in their history. Something every other team does like once a year. So they usually get the scheduling breaks 
this one's kind of silly by the league. Where do you stand on Jerry Jones at being still incredibly relevant to running a team? <laughs> is, is, is he actually crazy like a fox in a weird way good at this? Or is he really the man who might hold the team back more than anyone? How would you explain Jerry Jones to somebody who landed here today? Wow, relevant is an interesting word to use to describe Jerry Jones. He is that, unfortunately. Um, no, I, I don't think their system makes sense. I mean, he's he's tremendous, uh, tremendous businessman, makes all the money in the world for the league and for the Cowboys. But there's only as there's only one general manager and one whatever Stephen Jones title is, vice president of some baloney. There's only those are the only two people in the league that don't have to worry about getting fired if they have a bad year. 31 other GMs and assistant GM types have to worry about getting fired. That's never an issue here, and they'll be they'll be in play again next year. So I, I, I think the reason 31 other teams do it differently is because it makes sense. Um, having said that, I, I, think, I don't think their organization is the worst in the league. I think they're... Uh, probably close to a dozen Arizona Cardinal type organizations that, that, that would be worse to try to win with. But it's, it's a, it's a, it's an outdated way of doing things. His, his, his guru when he got into the league was Al Davis and it was the wrong Al Davis. It wasn't the seventies Al Davis. It was more like the late nineties Al Davis. And so, uh, that's, that's where the Cowboys are in how they function or don't function. There we go. Now to wrap things up, here is Ray Ratto with a heartfelt thank you for spending some of your time with us today and a goodbye. Ray, mm. go ahead and, and send our, 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 our learned guest off in a complimentary way, please. Go away. Go away, thanks. That's what, that's what I would expect. I thought maybe you'd tell me something about Bruce Bochy that would be good to know going into next year, but... Well, here's the key. Well, you really, you really think there's an open book there that that hasn't been already read by everybody in the world. He doesn't change much. <laughs> there's got to be some some dirty secrets about Bruce Bochy. Oh, oh, yeah, oh, he he shot up a hospital in one of his off years, but that was it. <laughs> they kept it quiet. Here's the dirty yeah. secret: Degrom's going to win another Cy Young under that guy. Nobody handles pitchers better than uh, Bruce Bochy. Can throw more than 140 innings, he might. But yeah, that, that that's a wildly different. Uh, wildly different team that's borderline interesting now. Absolutely. Yeah, he'll, he'll, win, he'll, he'll win the Cy Young on a team that goes 73 and 89. <laughs> that's fine. The Rangers have never had a Cy Young winner in 51 years, so that's probably good enough. Thank you so much, Tim, for joining us. Appreciate your time. Hey, thanks, guys. I'll see you out there, uh, or see some of you uh, Sunday evening. You got it. Ray Ray makes no more personal appearances, not even for an, a personal appearance fee. I don't think Ray's going anywhere, but I'll, 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 I'll thank you for coming on when I see you Sunday. Thank you so much, Tim. All right, thank you. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.